Hey, welcome to Optimize Your Body with Martin Silva, where we talk raw, uncut facts to truly help you optimize your body. Yo, how on earth are you doing? I am going to dive straight into this one, people. I'm going to be talking to you about weight training versus cardio for fat loss and overall health. Because I still feel like there's a lot of confusion, and there is a lot of confusion, when it comes to fitness, nutrition, getting in shape. We're inundated, as I said last time, we're inundated with information, and people are overwhelmed. Especially when it comes to cardio, you know, um, whether you're a beginner or whether you just want to get in shape. I know most of you listening to this, well, actually a lot of you listening to this are more advanced because hats off to you before I get into this, hats off to anyone who listens to podcasts because generally you are ahead of the average person when it comes to what you know and your growth mindset, right? But for the average person who, who hasn't got the right information like you have listening to this podcast, they just think cardio, fat loss, that means I've got to go and burn calories and do a bunch of cardio. And even if they think, you know, a lot of people do know how beneficial weight training is uh, for, you know, for improving the way your body looks and building more of an aesthetically pleasing physique, if you like. You know, a lot of people do know that weight training is essential for that now. However, they still think, I better throw some cardio in there. I've got to do cardio because I want to get leaner. And there's nothing wrong with doing cardio. Um, and when I say cardio, I mean, when a lot of people their definition of cardio is going to do a pretty strenuous cardio session, such as running or whether it's cross trainer or even doing a group exercise fitness class. That's what a lot of people, well, that's what I mean by cardio. And yes, there is, there's walking as well, which I'll come to a bit further into the episode. Walking is probably, well, actually hands down, low intensity, just walking and racking your steps up is the best kind of cardio you can do. But a lot of people want to do the high-intensity cardio, whether that's going into the gym and thrashing themselves, um, you know, on a bike or cross trainer, as I said, or going to a group exercise class and doing some hit, you know, like a hit training class, like high-intensity, or CrossFit or F45, and those intensity-based workouts. Most people do generally think that that is essential for fat loss, and it's not true. And in fact, I would argue it's quite the opposite. And, you know, for the average person, I would say, you know, I'm not anti-cardio, by the way. I'm not anti-cardio. I'm just anti-bullshit because people are confused and most people are chasing their tail and struggling to not, it's not the weight loss problem we've got, as I've said before, it's keeping the weight off and keeping the body fat off and being able to sustain and maintain a healthy mind and body all year round. So yeah, where was I? So with the cardio element, Yes, you're going to burn calories and, and, you know, most people, again, most people I keep saying, but I am trying to get my message across to the average person and doing cardio is just not essential. If your goal is fat loss and, and to change the way your body looks for the better, cardio is just not necessary. It's really not. What is necessary is, is high activity by moving plenty and keeping your general activity and your steps and your walking uh, up quite high. Once again, if you want to classify that as cardio, but doing intense cardio is just not necessary. And if you, you know, I don't want to talk too much shit about group exercise training. Um, I will be doing a podcast on that with my good friend, Andrew Bond very soon to talk more about that. But my opinion on cardio, um, when it comes to the cardio which is done in group exercise classes, such as CrossFit F45 or wherever it is, is it's just not ideal. If your goal is fat loss and overall health and long-term success with building a better looking physique and just, as I say, just overall health. However, I would like to say I'm not against cardio. I'm really not. Um, and people who do those classes, if it makes you, if you listen to this and you like to do the old class, great. Who am I to say, stop, don't stop. Keep doing the exercise, which you're going to be consistent with because the one you enjoy and the one you, uh, really take pleasure out of doing, although it might be painful at the time, um, you always feel great afterwards and the community element as well. I think that's a massive, massive element, um, which adds to the feel good factor and keeps people doing it is the community element. You're around uh, like-minded people and you get pushed harder, you get more motivation. Um, so yeah, great, go ahead and do it. But I think in reality, it kind of sucks. Group exercise, I'm just going to say it, and, and cardio, intense cardio really does suck. If your goal is long-term, um, 
you know, maintaining health and physique, you know, and, and, and not only losing body fat, but staying lean all year round and being able to maintain that. So weight training on the other hand, um, I'll just, I'll just clear up, right. Just to summarize cardio versus weight training. What is cardio? Cause I want to have a little bit of a, little bit of a rant here, right? Now, what is cardio really? Let's just sum up what that is. First of all, cardio, you know, comes in many forms. You have the high intensity type cardio and you have more low intensity types of cardio. So the best type really for fat loss and as I keep saying, overall health and longevity is the low intensity type. And the people who tend to live the longest, which is a point I'll, I'll talk about a bit later into the episode, um, blue zones, it's uh, blue zone if anyone doesn't know is a part of the world where people live over, like lots of people tend to live over the age of 100. And time and time again, studies show that people who move plenty and have an active lifestyle, there's lots of other elements which come into it. They tend to live longer and they tend to be a lot healthier. It's not so much the ones who are doing the high intensity type training. Using CrossFit as an example, um, there is some, be- you, you all know my uh, my view on CrossFit. There's some benefits to come out of it. And one of the main ones I think is um, is you see a lot, of, a lot of women lifting heavy weights. And let me tell you, I haven't been in the fitness game as a trainer for 15 years. You didn't see that shit 10 years ago until CrossFit came about. And then women started lifting hard and heavy. And and, and that's one good thing that's came out of it. And also, you know, it's, if people are going to go from doing nothing to, again, having that community element in their life where they're surrounded by like-minded people and they're moving and they're doing something, great. Um, but on the other, on the flip side, it's just rubbish when it comes to um, longevity and health. You know, it essentially is a sport. And most of these high-intensity-based activities, you're, you're training like an athlete. And let me tell you something as much as we look up to athletes and elite athletes, um, they're not healthy. People think from the outside, oh, you know, they're super healthy. They've had to sacrifice their whole life to um, to get to the level they're at. And it's definitely not healthy on the body when you're pushing your body to the max and taking your body, you know, they're essentially in the less than 1% of people. They're, you know, a lot of people don't want to put in that 99% of work to get to that 1% of an athlete and just transferring that over into high-intensity training and really pushing yourself off cardio day in, day out. It's just not ideal for your overall health anyway and longevity, but obviously cardiovascular training, it is important for your heart and your, your cardiorespiratory health. Um, but other than that, really, you do get all the benefits from weight training. You know, your heart rate is up for sustained periods when you're lifting weights and you do get the cardiovascular benefits out of weight training. I would say for the average person to maybe lift weights for 80% of the time and do cardio for 20% of the time, maybe just to, just to put out an arbitrary number and, and by cardio, I mean, you know, actually allocating in cardio if you want to keep your fitness up, that is right. You know, whether it's cycling or, um, whatever you want to do with that cardio, um, it is important for overall health, but it's not essential. And I would argue that you could do what I do and what I get a lot of clients doing, um, and just walk plenty, keep your steps up nice and high and lift weights consistently and appropriately and do it properly because lifting weights is going to get your heart rate up for sustained periods. So you're going to get the same benefits in fact, you get better benefits for the heart. Um, as I mentioned on a previous episode, uh, weight training has been proven to actually be better for the heart than cardio anyway. But as I was saying, you're going to get the same, if not more superior results for the heart and cardiorespiratory system by doing weight training anyway, especially if you're doing it properly and you're following a proper training program and you're not just doing the same type of weightlifting all the time and you're switching up your rep ranges, whether you're doing hard and heavy strength training for one to six reps or you're doing, you know, eight to 12 reps or you're doing, say, 12 to 25 reps, and and that top end of 12 to, say, 30 reps uh, with minimal rest, that is just the same as cardio, and that is going to work your cardiac muscle, i.e. your heart muscle, just as much, if not more, than than cardiovascular training. And lifting heavy weights sends your heart rate up super high, and I've I've done this on my um, wrist piece. And lifting heavy weights and doing strength training sends sends my heart rate up um, higher than doing the the high reps with a lighter weight. So, you know, it goes up through the roof. 
So, you know, you do get the same, if not better, benefits. And in fact, I've mentioned this before, as I said then, uh, recent studies came out and showed that there's a particular type of fat which builds up around the heart. And the only type of training which tends to reduce that fat is resistance training. Like I said, there's two different types. And without going too too much into that, both cardiovascular and weight training reduces the one type of fat around the heart. But there's another type of fat, which which again, fat, there's another type of fat, which I won't go into, uh, which only resistance training tends to reduce. So yeah, you do get the benefits. Um, but in terms of your metabolism and losing body fat, and like I said, the, the, the task is keeping the body fat off and maintaining what you've got. Because six out of seven people will, will lose a significant amount of weight in their lifetime. The weight loss thing is not a problem, like I said, but they'll only gain it back and some. So with weight training, the beauty of weight training is it's going to have much more of a beneficial effect on your metabolism. Because when you lift weights, um, lifting weights is a stress on the body. Um, and through the insult, you put your muscles and connective tissue through, connective tissue being your tendons and ligaments. What you put all of that through in the gym is going to, your body's going to respond by sending a signal to tell your body, we need to build some muscle and we need to get stronger. And then what that does then is that has a knock-on effect on your metabolism because muscle tissue is expensive and it costs, as I've said before, the the um, the analogy I use, if you like, um, is muscle tissue is expensive. So when you focus on building muscle and building strength, muscle tissue is expensive and it costs your body a lot of calories just to keep that lean muscle tissue on your body. And there's a bit of a debate with this as well, because I'd like to delve a bit deeper into this. When it comes to how much one pound of lean body mass will burn, right, it's very debatable because studies, the thing is with studies, regardless of what the study is is on, it doesn't account, there's a lot of things that studies can't account for, right? And, and without going too much into detail there, um, studies will show, right, for example, one pound of lean muscle will burn about if I remember rightly, about five to 13 calories, right? So if you're listening to this now and you followed my training program, for example, our main training program, this is a shameless plug now, isn't it? This, this wasn't planned. But if you were to follow like a solid 10 to 12 week training program, right? You can guarantee you're going to build a few pounds of muscle. Let's just say, let's just throw a random number out there and you, you built five pounds of muscle, right? Which for people in Australia and the UK, that's about roughly give or take about two kilos of muscle, right? If you were to do that over a 10 week period, five pounds of muscle, according to studies, five pounds of muscle is going to burn you, well, it's 13 times five, right? I'm shit at math. Let's just say 70 calories. So five pounds of muscle is going to burn you, according to studies now, by the way, about 70 calories extra, just to keep that muscle on your body, which is great, right? However, um, so by the way, that is about two kilos of muscle, right? So two kilos, roughly five pounds of muscle there and about. I think that actually is about... Uh, look, let's just say it's two kilos, yeah, and about five pounds of muscle. That's going to burn you, according to studies, an extra 70 calories a day. However, it's been proven time and time again with clients and with myself. Building muscle, let me tell you, there's other things that these studies don't take account for. Uh, certain things like digestion and all of these other processes which are going on, um, which your body has to work harder to do when you are um, sending a signal to the body to speed your metabolism up and build muscle. And it's been proven with clients that it's much more than that. And I would argue, based on my experience, anything between 30 to even I would say from 40 to about 70 calories per pound of muscle. That's how much extra. So rather than the, the let's just go back to five pounds of lean muscle again, right? Studies will show roughly there and about top end. That's going to burn you an extra 70 calories. From my experience with myself and clients, you're looking at five times that amount. So you're looking at like, let's just say a minimum, let's just say 50 um, calories per pound of muscle, that's 250 calories instead of 70, right? So your body's going to burn. And that's that's roughly the number. That's about the average amount that I've noticed with clients because I monitor this with how many calories they're taking in and what their maintenance calories are. And what happens is um, their, their maintenance calories go up and up. So in other words, I'm, I'm increasing, this is what I do with most clients, I'm slowly increasing their food intake and increasing their calories and then maintaining weight. So 
I would say, based on my experience, you're looking at around about 50 calories per pound of lean muscle um, in terms of how much extra your body's going to burn just to keep that lean muscle on your body. That's a lot of calories when you add it all up. And on the flip side, cardiovascular... So, so basically, your body is automatically burning more calories just to keep that muscle tissue on your body. And not to mention, just to get stronger and when you're increasing your strength... When your strength is going up, regardless of how much muscle you've built, that's a direct signal that your metabolism is elevated. Your metabolism has to pick up because of the demand on your central nervous system. So even if you're, for example, doing phase one of one of my programs, which is about four weeks, which is the goal is just to lift hard and heavy and get stronger, your your calorie burn is going to be much, much higher. So your body is automatically burning more calories at rest just to keep that lean muscle tissue on your body. Whereas cardio doesn't have that effect. So with cardio, yes, you manually burn calories. So you could go to the gym, for example, walk on the treadmill, for which I see a lot of people doing, which blows my mind, each to their own. I mean, if you if you want to get your, your steps in or whatever, um, I'd much prefer to do it outside. And I, you know, if you want to get bang for your buck, go to the gym and lift weights, right? But once again, each to their own, who am I to judge? But if you're going to go to the gym and do an hour of walking on the treadmill, say, for example... Um, or even running on the treadmill, whatever. Yes, you're going to be burning calories for about, let's just say about 5% of your day, give or take, yeah? 24 hours in a day. Don't quote me on these numbers. I'm sure that's right, but I'm not the best. So for five, if you're on the treadmill or you're, you're doing cardio for an hour, for 5% of your day, you're burning calories, right? For 5%, 24 hours in a day. Whereas if you go and lift weights, right? What happens then is your metabolism is elevated after training. In fact, pro- muscle protein synthesis, spit it out, muscle protein synthesis, MPS, um, is at its highest for about 24 to 72 hours after training. So one to three days, right? So your metabolism is boosted. Protein synthesis is taking place for one to three days after you've done a purposeful weight training session. However, your metabolism is roaring for about 10 to 12 hours after lifting weights. So let's just say 12 hours, because that works out about 50% of your day, okay? So just to clear this up, go to the gym, you do an hour of cardio, an hour of walking on the treadmill, right? For 5% of your day, you're automatically, sorry, you're, you're manually burning calories, right? Whereas you lift weights, your body is automatically burning calories for... 50% of your day by you doing no extra. It's a a term known as EPOC. So it's exercise post-oxygen. Bloody hell, I can't can't get my words together today. Exercise post-oxygen consumption, I believe. I think that's right. EPOC, which is when your metabolism is elevated and it's it's known as the afterburn. So the afterburn is much, much higher. Well, in fact, there's no afterburn after cardio. After weights, your, your metabolism boosted and the afterburn is super high. So for about 50% of your day, you're burning much more calories. So if you add up the compound effect of that, you know, it's just common sense that weight training uh, long-term is going to burn much more calories and get you leaner and leaner because that lean muscle tissue is expensive, whereas fatty tissue is cheap, right? Only costs your body about two calories, even less than that. Um, to keep fatty tissue on your body. Lean muscle tissue is super expensive. So try and remember that that analogy, right? So just to clear up the basics of weight training versus cardio. And let's just, whilst we're on this little topic here, let's talk about HIIT training as well. I want to talk about that. So there's a big buzzword now around HIIT. H-I-I-T, yeah, which is high intensity interval training. Firstly, 95% of people don't do it right. So I've talked about this on a previous podcast episode, but just to sum this up, HIIT training, you should be going like your life depends on it, literally like you're going to die if you don't hit that speed, right? And I'm talking 90 to 100% of your maximum speed. So I would say the best form of HIIT training all in all, I would say is sprinting on the treadmill, right? Now you go on the treadmill, you sprint for 15 to 30 seconds, like your life depends on it at maximum speed with only about 1% incline, just a tiny incline to make it more realistic to what you would do outside. And do that six times. Rest as long as you need in between sets, right? As long as you need. The thing is, people don't rest long enough. You need to let the heart rate drop right back down so you can go 10 to the dozen again for the next set. Do that six times. 
Uh, and in fact, studies have shown that um, 30 second sprints times six is one of the best forms of high intensity interval training, right? So you are literally going 90 to 100% of your maximum speed every single set. You are not going on the treadmill like a lot of people do, and they do like 30 seconds, and then they have 30 seconds off, and they do that like 10, 20 times. That is not proper high-intensity training. That is aerobic cardio, right? Yeah, you might dip into the, without going into too much into the science, you might dip into the uh, the anaerobic system a little bit, which means you know, you're know you sprinting, but for the most part, you're just doing normal aerobic cardio. And the same goes for and I don't want to talk shit about these classes, you know, like hit class and stuff. They're called hit because it's a buzzword and it gets people in the door, right? But the bottom line is it's not hit. It's essentially cardio with weights. That's that's what most of these classes are. You're doing weights, um, you're doing cardio with weights. And it's you don't have the benefits that you get from doing a proper hit cardio session, right? So, and it's the same thing. It's the same principle with hit. Um, as I mentioned with, for example, how I structure my training programs, you would do on average four weeks of strength training, four weeks of hypertrophy, which is eight to 12 reps and four weeks of uh, endurance, which is 12 to 25 reps on the weights with, and, and your body adapts roughly give or take after about four weeks. The same thing goes for cardio or hit training, exactly the same thing. Three or four weeks, uh, it takes and your body fully adapts and you get diminishing results. So if you are going to do the type of hit training I mentioned, do it a few times a week and, and try and factor it in, I would on a separate session. So you can really give it your all and, um, do it for four weeks until your body adapts and then nip it in the bud. It's a good tool to use, but again, like for, I don't use it. I can't remember the last time I used it with a client to get them to lose body fat, get leaner and get fitter and stronger. It's just no reason to use it. Um, and I don't even use it myself anymore, even leading up to competitions, bodybuilding comps. I don't use it myself anymore because it's just not necessary. It's high intensity training. Going back to what I said earlier, it's not ideal for your health. It takes a big hit on your immune system and your nervous system. Um, so on top of all the other stuff you're doing to get shredded for a show, like in a constant calorie deficit and uh, putting the intensity into weight training sessions, um, it's just going to fuck you up <laughs> to sum it up. So it's just not necessary. So most people, do, but, but the benefits you get from doing proper appropriate hit training, as I mentioned just then, do it um, properly and not doing like cardio with weights or doing just cardio. It's not the same. Um, you get a similar response basically as to what you do from lifting weights. So you get um, a muscle building effect. And in fact, I noticed this myself last time I did hit, I noticed a muscle building effect in my legs um, because I, I was using the same energy system as what I use lifting weights or doing strength training. So what you do get from that is you get an afterburn, like I mentioned earlier, from weight training. So you get um, your, your metabolism's elevated and um, you're basically burning more calories post, you know, for a give or take about 24 to 72 hours after doing a proper purposeful uh, hit training session. So it's a, it's a very similar response as to what you get from doing a proper weight training session, really, but it's just not necessary. And if anyone listening to this, if your goal is to get super lean or just get lean, lose body fat and maintain that all year round, just really put the focus into doing a proper training. I'm not trying to sell my program to you. I'm just saying, go on YouTube, learn from the best, go online. You've got all the information, right? Train properly, lift weights properly and take it seriously. You know, journal what you're doing. That's what I've started doing now because I'm training towards something in specific and I've started using the app now. I use an app called Strong and I, I journal my workout. So I'm putting in there exactly how much weight I've lifted and then you can tap back into the workout next time you do it and you can make progress. It's something called progressive overload and that's how you build muscle by, um, you know, adding more volume essentially every time you train and it calculates all that for you so you know you're making progress um, and you can lift weights most days, you know, the, the more often you can lift weights, uh, the better really, but you have to do it appropriately, which is a whole nother conversation. So lean body mass and strength benefits. You know, I've talked about this. I just kind of skimmed through that then. Uh, when you're doing cardio, I'd like to say as well, what you, and I'm not, once again, doing cardio has its benefits. And if you enjoy doing it, it makes you feel good, great. But if your goal is to, is to build an aesthetically pleasing physique and maintain that shit all year round, use cardio as a tool when you need to, but you shouldn't really need to use it, providing you've got your nutrition right and you're doing resistance training properly and you're moving enough and you burn enough calories just by walking. You shouldn't need to use it. But what you do when you do cardio is you send um, a signal 
to, to the to the metabolism sorry not to the metabolism your brain essentially sends a signal to your body saying hey we need to get more efficient at burning calories because the body is an adaptation machine, right? That's what the body does. It literally will adapt to anything you throw at it within reason, right? So the body, all it gives a shit about is surviving, right? That's all it cares about. So what happens when you do cardio is it the body's like, okay, it's very clever, the body, right? Because again, it goes back to survival. You're burning calories by doing cardio on a regular basis, and if you're doing that continuously all year round, what happens then is the the your your body is getting a signal to say um, we need to get efficient at burning calories. Therefore, what happens then is we need to slow down our resting metabolic rate and get efficient at manually burning calories. You see what I'm saying here? I hope you're still with me, right? So when you do cardio, you're manually burning calories. You're expending calories, and yes, you're probably burning more calories for that hour. For example, then you then you would be doing a one hour of weight training. You definitely are, especially if you're doing something quite intense. However, the afterburn is not there. So what happens then is, anyway, um, just before I go off, what happens then is um, the metabolism then slows down. So the resting metabolic rate, you'll have the opposite. You'll have a conflicting signal if your goal is to lose body fat, and the metabolism will actually slow down. So it gets harder and harder then for you to actually lose fat and keep it off because you're, you can't get away with eating as much food, just to simplify it. Whereas when you build muscle and you really focus on making strength training and building muscle your priority... Um, your metabolism, metabolism just keeps elevating and elevating and elevating until you can get away with more food. Um, and then when you do decide to, right, I really want to get leaner now, all you do then is, you know, I've done this with a lot of clients. I've built them up to a point over the space of, say, three, sometimes six months. I'll just build, 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 keep adding calories, adding calories, adding calories until they get to a point where they're like, Martin, you know what? I really am struggling to get the food in. And I'm like, great. That's where we want to be. Now you're struggling to get enough food in, right? Without losing weight, right? And that is a great problem to have. And then all you do then, they want to get leaner. Okay, let's do a little mini mini cut now to see how your body responds. So let's focus on a little bit of uh, fat loss and weight loss. Or just at least, you can still lose body fat and build muscle at the same time, which is what a lot of my clients, online clients, uh, seem to get. But if you want to do it a bit quicker and you want to get leaner for something, let's just say you've got a holiday coming up or whatever it is, then what I'll say is, great, okay, so you're struggling to get enough food in, so all we'll do now then is we will either just increase your steps, so I want you to do an extra 30-minute walk every day, and that's going to burn, let's just say, an extra 200, or 200, let's just say 300 calories extra a day over the space of a week, that's an extra 2,100 calorie deficit that you're going to be in. Boom! Don't have to change anything with your food. On the flip side, if they if they're happy to if they're happy to if they're struggling to get enough uh, more movement in than what they're doing, then easy. All we'll do is just cut down your calories by a little bit. Um, I don't like to create. I mean, the studies show that the ideal kind of calorie deficit um, is say ten to twenty five percent of your calories. So let's just say this particular individual is eating two thousand calories then um, the minimum deficit you want to get them in is 10%, right? So 10% of 2,000 is 200. So I'd take a minimum of 200 calories off their daily food intake. And if they want to do it a bit quicker, then I'd go up to 15, 25, 20%. For me, I don't go up to 25%. I'll do a maximum of 20%. So let's just say the top end, I'll take 400 calories because 20% of 2,000 calories, yeah, that's 400. I'll take 400 calories off their daily intake, uh, and boom, they don't have to do any cardio, no extra steps, and then they they start losing body fat um, at a pretty fast rate and, and, and dropping weight or whatever it is. So it's really that simple, really. You know, it, it is simple. It's not necessarily easy to to maintain a calorie deficit if you haven't got a good coach or if you're not, you know, eating the right foods and, and really working on your relationship with food. As I uh, talked about on the previous episode, you have, if you haven't listened to that, make sure you check it out. Um, but yeah, without going off on too, too much there, really, when it comes to losing body fat, it's, it's pretty simple, really. You want to be in a place where you don't have to do cardio. Um, and if you, sometimes I'll use it with people I prepped for comps in the past, and I have used it myself where I've uh, had to come in quite fast towards the end because I was a little behind a little bit behind schedule. All of that, that I can count on one hand, not even now. I think about two clients in the past where I've had to use cardio with them towards the end, uh, which is about four or five weeks before they get on stage. 
just to ramp up the fat loss a bit more um, because they don't want to take their food down anymore because they're already on low calories. So we'll just ramp the cardio up, uh, get them doing uh, maybe some sort of HIIT training, depending on the person. And like I said earlier, it's great to use as a tool, right? Now, I wanted to talk pretty much um, summing most things up here. I hope most of you are still with me. Um, I feel like I've done my best to explain it. I want to try and make it as simple as possible, really. But let's just talk about NEAT, right, which is uh, another hot word which is coming about, N-E-A-T. It stands for Non-Exercise Activity Thermogenosis. Just to, just to simplify that once again, that is the calories you are burning when you're not aware of it. When you're cleaning the house, when you're taking the bins out, when you are washing the dishes, when you're fidgeting round, when you're, you know, when you just, just any movement you're doing, which you're not really aware of, right? Um, and that is essentially when you're going to be burning most of your calories. Um, look, this is, I don't want to complicate things too much, but for example, I've talked on the last episode about going for a walk after you've eaten. You could say this is cardio, but I'm going to classify this as neat. And yes, I know what you're thinking. Now you are, I know you're aware of it. If you go for a walk after you've eaten, yes, it's not that you're not aware of it, which is what I said neat is. You are aware of it, but the bottom line is it's low intensity cardio and you're just going for a walk, you know, wherever you're doing, you could be making a phone call for work or whatever you're doing. Um, you're just going for a light walk after you've eaten and that accumulates and those calories that you're burning um, outside of the gym by increasing your daily steps and just increasing your movement in general um, is what it's going to get you your bang for your buck in terms of fat loss and weight loss, right? So you can even all in all, in terms of calorie expenditure, um, well above weight training, obviously there's context here. It depends on how often you're lifting weights and it depends on the person and how many steps you're doing. But all in all, that is the game changer. And using that as an ex- as an example now, my girlfriend, I think I mentioned, she's going to be competing in July. She wants to do a, um, a bikini competition. And she's dropped a significant amount of body fat. And she, I think she's dropped about four kilos now over the last maybe four or five weeks. And all she's done, she's taken her calories down a bit. Um, but she's mainly just increased her daily steps. She's taken her calories down a little bit. But the most, for the most part, she's just moved more. I think she's added like an extra 3,000 steps onto her daily, her daily output. So she's um, just walking more, allocating an extra walk in. She goes for the odd walk after she's eaten. And it really is as simple as that, people. I want to make sure that you really uh, place value on um, daily movement more than you do any form of cardio. Um, and I would argue if your goal is fat loss, if purely you want to lose fat, even more so than weight training. Now, not for... I don't want to say that actually because they're both they're both uh, very uh, very much uh, important actually for, for long term. In fact, that's a very tough one. I'm not going to go too much into that. But just um, just just moving. Period. So um, non exercise activity thermogenosis neat is the movement you were doing when you're not aware of it. So go for a walk after you've eaten, uh, cleaning the house, and just generally staying active. Um, especially on the weekends, let's just say, you know, if most of you are lift, lifting weights regular, if you have an arrest day or whatever, get moving and get those steps in um, because that is what's going to get you to the uh, to, to the to the fat loss goal that you're, you're striving to achieve. Uh, and talking about that as well, I wanted to mention uh, more about the blue zones as well. Now, uh, the blue zones, uh, like I said, areas within the world where uh, a significant amount of people tend to live over the age of 100. And there's five of these zones. And one of them is in Okinawa in Japan. One is in Sardinia in Italy. One is in Nicoya in Costa Rica. One is in Isaria in Greece. And one is uh, in California, right? And it's very fascinating because these people, they just tend to, they don't do any strenuous activity, really. All they do is they uh, they have high activity levels. Um, they tend to eat a predominantly plant-based diet and, and uh, not a great deal of meat. Obviously, I'm not going to demonize meat, but we all know when it comes to um, health and longevity, eating a diet which consists predominantly of plants, plants is essential. So, you know, my diet, I would say on a good day is about 60, 70% plant-based foods and the rest is animal-based foods. Um, but these people, they share a lot of things in common, really. But that's one of the big ones. They just tend to move a lot. They don't do any strenuous cardio. They don't even lift weights, really. So, yes, obviously, you can be perfectly healthy and live a healthy life and, and have, you know, uh, better longevity than other people on the planet by not lifting weights, you know, as far as I know. But the thing is, they are strong, though. So they, they, they most of them tend to, um, well, not most of them, but a lot of them tend to uh, grow their own food and they tend to 
to to do day to day things which require strength because strength is a is a huge part of longevity. But um, it's just really fascinating because they, like I said, they've got a predominantly plant based diet. Um, they have a great social life. That's a big one. And I don't want to go too off too much off on a tangent here. But overall health, right? Um, the fact is that people don't consider are relationships. Um, and if, you know, actually, actually a recent study showed that, um, if you've got bad relationships in your, in your life, which are causing you a lot of stress, internal stress, um, you know, obviously there's context to this, but they found that it's the equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day. So it goes to show that, you know, relationships and community, it is one of the four pillars of health, right? You've got social community, you've got sleep, exercise, and nutrition. And they're the four pillars of health. So these people anyway, in the blue zones, they tend to move a lot and they eat a diet which consists of all whole foods. They moderate their calorie intake. So, you know, they're generally burning more than they're eating for the most part. And they, they actually drink some alcohol as well. Um, but they, they, it's moderation, right? So yeah, I don't want to go too much on a, off on a tangent, but I think it's an important thing to, to bear in mind really that these people, they do a hell of a lot of movement. And, you know, studies have shown time and time again, and not only are you going to lose more body fat, which is what we're talking about here as well, but you're also going to be um, contributing to uh, adding life, you know, living longer, but adding life to your years by, by moving more as well. But let's talk about the uh, benefits as well, talking about overall health. Let's talk about the benefits of, of weight training, uh, of weight training versus cardio for your overall health, especially mental health. I've done an episode on this a few episodes back, and it's, uh, it's crazy. It's actually blowing my mind, and I'm so happy that these studies are being done, uh, these new studies coming out, because there's a, a study on mental health, and it demonstrated that um, weight training was more beneficial than than any other form of, of training for mental health. And actually, what they found was people who suffered with anxiety and depression they they had um, they reported alleviated symptoms and they generally felt much much better and I, I don't know whether they cured it exactly I'll have to look more into that but it, it, it alleviated symptoms of anxiety whereas other forms of exercise didn't do that and there's lots of factors which come into that but one of the main thing is the studies now going into on the brain um, resistance training for the brain and once again I mentioned this on a previous podcast but actual actually lifting weights increases the capacity of the brain so certain regions of the brain actually start developing and your body uh, forms sorry your brain forms new sorry you form new brain cells and stronger connections between those cells as well as the creation of like new blood vessels which provide your brain with oxygen and essential nutrients you do get some of those benefits obviously from other types of exercise but when it comes to actually the formation of new brain cells and neuroplasticity which is when the brain creates, like I've just said, then new pathways and new neural connections. Lifting weights and resistance training or strength training, wherever you want to call it, has been the only as is the only type of exercise which is proven to actually um, you know, benefit and, and actually cause those changes within the brain because hormones and hormone-like substances tend to cross over um, the blood-brain barrier, which which tend to trigger the changes that I just mentioned then. So, you know, and there's also another, I wanted to talk about another recent study on Alzheimer's. Uh, and actually that study was done here in Sydney. And um, what the article was as well is uh, strength training can help protect the brain from degeneration. And for the first, so for the first time ever, what they found was uh, an intervention, basically, on dementia and Alzheimer's. And they found that lifting weights has been able to um, basically slow down or, or even halt degeneration of the brain, right? And what they found was they, it was only a, they'd done a six-month uh, study, and they had people lifting weights, I believe it was a couple of times a week um, for, I'll just bring it up now, I think it was for 90 minutes, I think it was 90 minutes, two or three times per week they were doing uh, for six months. And what they found is the brain actually started developing and um, certain parts of the hippocampus, which the hippocampus is responsible. It actually, um, uh, it's, the hippocampus is responsible. What I'm trying to say is responsible for mood, memory, and appetite. Now, obviously, memory is a big one when it comes to Alzheimer's because people tend to start losing their memory. And yeah, this six-month study showed that not only did um, the people, basically, like they, they found that sub-regions within the hippocampus shrunk 
um, by three to four percent. Oh, no, what was it? Oh, let's just bring it up now. Sorry about this. Um, yeah, so what they found is the hippocampus subregions, um, which were vulnerable to Alzheimer's disease, um, the people who didn't do strength training, so the people that in the study that didn't do any strength training, the subregions within the hippocampus shrunk by 3 to 4% over, over 18 months, whilst the ones undergoing strength training a couple of times a week only saw a 1% to 2% reduction, and in some areas, none at all. So it actually halted... Uh, the progression of, of of Alzheimer's and dementia, which is just it's just mind blowing, and I guess what they're saying is it's because of the benefits of, as I mentioned, then the brain developing new neurons and actually building certain parts of the brain. Just to just to sum it up, so it really is pretty mind blowing, really. Um, and and about the study, really as well, just to give you more details on that. Sorry, uh, it was a six month study, and what another thing I wanted to mention was. Um, for up to 12 months after this six-month study, they still had those positive benefits in terms of the Alzheimer's slowing down in terms of the progression of the Alzheimer's or halting it for up to 12 months after stopping the strength training, which blew my mind. So it just goes to show how powerful that is. And once again, that's not to say other forms of exercise are not beneficial for the brain. Obviously, all forms of exercise are going to get people insane results in terms of brain health, overall health, and having that endorphin release um, is going to have a massive effect on um, in terms of reducing your stress levels and and just overall health. So I don't want to talk shit once again. I don't want to talk shit about other types of exercise. You do you. Whatever you enjoy doing, you keep at it. But when you're comparing the two, it's amazing to see now that weight training all in all is superior. And that's not to mention the bone density element you get from lifting weights. Like I mentioned earlier, the insult, not only on your muscles, but on your ligaments and tendons from lifting weights, heavy weights, um, it drastically improves your bone density. And, you know, resistance training or weight training, whatever you want to call it, is, it's, I say to people, it's the only type of training which directly combats um, the aging process. You know, whether it's brittle bones or osteoporosis or, you know, aging in general, you know, whether that's your skin because of the collagen production you have from lifting weights. Um, like I said earlier about heart health, um, brain health. I mean, it really is just amazing to see all this coming through. And obviously I'm a bit biased, right? Because you, you all know me, but, um, yeah. So I guess, I guess all in all, just to summarize this now, lifting weights versus cardio. It's always depends. The answer is always a good trainer or coach will always say to people, it depends, right, on what your goal is. But in this case, regardless of what the factors are, right, if your goal is to lose body fat and keep it off, build a better looking physique uh, and overall health and without going into all the factors I just mentioned, resistance training done properly and appropriately. Now, that's a big one. Most people don't do it appropriately. They either go too hard with their training and they're sloppy with the technique, or they're not structured with their training programming, or they're not having ad- adequate recovery. Adequate recovery. There's lots of factors which come into this in this context here, but generally lifting weights is going to get you by far superior results um, on your, your metabolism for fat loss, for building, you know, and for developing your metabolism essentially, which uh, let's face it, this day and age we live in, we need more insurance than ever when it comes to uh, the the food we're exposed to and the sheer amount and the 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 easy availability of food nowadays. All you've got to do is basically sit on your couch, go on Uber Eats, and you can have a McDonald's delivered to your door, right? So you haven't even got to go to using that as an example, right? But there's no wonder there's no beastie epidemic, right? And it's only getting worse. And that's one of the main things, you know, it's, it's the availability. But what lifting weights does is another little analogy here for you. And also walking and moving plenty together, those two combined, they act as insurance. So it insures you against eating calories because I'm the same as you people. I love to eat food. I love to go out and eat uh, eat meals. You know, I've, I've cut that down a bit lately because I'm training towards something specific, but I do um, like to eat out and I love my food and I like to eat a lot of calories. I eat a lot of calories, right? So, you know, lifting weights over the years for me, you know, I, I've, I've built my metabolism to a point now where I'm at that point where it's hard for me not to lose weight, really hard. 
um, which is a great problem to have, but it's hard when you're trying to build muscle. So it acts as insurance. You really focus on building that strength, building muscle, moving plenty, and you've got that safety net there then for when life gets in the way and you overdo it with your food on the weekends, wherever it is, alcohol, it acts as insurance and it's going to mitigate the damage in terms of you gaining body fat. So always think about that, especially when the goal is fat loss. So with cardio, right? Now there's different types of cardio, as I mentioned, right? Cardio, really allocated scheduled cardio sucks all in all if your goal is fat loss long-term and building a better physique. It's good to do certain types of cardio. Like I said, HIIT cardio maybe is, well, HIIT cardio is definitely the most beneficial really in terms of the effects you get as a tool short-term for about a month maximum. Uh, But other than that, the body adapts too much. And then the same thing happens to your metabolism. Your metabolism then will slow down because of the output of calories. So all your body knows basically then is, oh shit, this, this, this mofo is burning loads of calories and we're, we're expending a lot of calories. So if he's going to continue to do this, we better get more efficient and we better get more efficient at manually burning calories. But let's slow down. Let's slow down the resting metabolic rate. I don't want to complicate you, complicate you here, complicate matters here, but let's slow down the resting metabolic rate the opposite to what weight training does, right? As I mentioned earlier, lifting weights will speed up that rest in metabolism. But then if you're doing too much, even HIIT training, right? Your metabolism will else slow down and um, it becomes a lot harder then to, to lose weight and continue to make progress. So always bear that in mind. Um, but when it comes to exercise, people, just, just to um, finally cap this off, do what you enjoy, um, do what you're going to keep doing, what's going to keep you consistent uh, and do what makes you happy. But really, if you're, if you're going to get serious about, um, shifting stubborn body fat, losing weight, um, or just, you know, building muscle and building better health and longevity and resistance training, if you ask me, should be the cornerstone of your training regime. And even two weight training sessions per week will get you significant results when done appropriately. So it, you don't, have to do it every day. You know, most of my clients, I have them doing the average one of my clients will do two to three sessions a week maximum. And the ones um, who I have online tend to be a bit more motivated. So they'll do like their own stuff. They'll do like five sessions a week, but that's the top end. Um, and I wanted to talk to you about what I'm doing right now as well quickly, because I've got like, because um, this is all relative. I have a modeling gig. Um, I don't know if any of you know, but I do do a bit of modeling and I've got a big gig out in LA. I've got down to the last five in this casting. And if I get it, um, it's a massive opportunity and it's going to take place in Japan, which is not ideal with the old, uh, coronavirus right at the moment that'll be that'll be in july in um in japan in july the actual main gig but i've got the casting i've got to go to in la in may um to, to actually bring my best and, and try and seal the deal um it's me and four of the guys so I've, you know the way i look at it is i've only got a 20 percent chance again it but i've got a lot of belief in myself um and i will get it but what I'm trying to say is um, I have to be shredded for it. I have to be absolutely shredded pretty much in competition shape, right? And all I'm going to do for that now, like right now, it's the end of May, this gig. So I am, how far out am I now? About 10 weeks out. Um, and all, I'm already lean, right? So like after my last competition in October, um, I'm probably about 5 maybe 6% body fat higher than what I was on stage. So um, for me, all I'm going to do now is I'm going to maintain, try and maintain my weight for the next, say, three weeks uh, or maybe two weeks. And then when I'm about eight weeks away, I'll slowly start bringing down my weight and bringing the body fat down. And all I'm going to do is I'm going to really focus on proper training programming, lifting weights properly. And I've ramped up my volume now. So I'm lifting weights uh, six times per week now instead of my two or three times. Obviously, when I when I do two or three times per week, which is what I do all year round, most of the time, if I'm not training for anything specific, is I'll do my two free two or three full body sessions, and the days in between, I'll just do like a a band session or a light resistance band session, and some mobility. Um, but when I want to build, um, you know, when I want to get into the shape of my life for this thing, that means I have to increase my weight training. Yeah, so this is like the top end. I'm training like an athlete now, right? Essentially like I would for a show. So this is for, for the average person, it's just not, it's not necessary to do this, but I'm going to be lifting weights, you know, six times per week. And, um, on the seventh day, I'll be doing some mobility and maybe a little band session there as well. Uh, and that's my main focus. And all I'm going to do then is try and, as I say, maintain my weight for a few weeks and then bring my weight down slowly 
by um, just increasing my steps. Because as I say, I find it hard to get enough food in now anyway, which is a problem some of my clients are having, which is an amazing problem. And I love it when I hear them say, Martin, I'm struggling to get that food in because that's where I'm at now. And all I've got to do then is keep my food the same. So I'm averaging around about 3,000, 3,100 calories now, which is quite low for me. Uh, and I'm averaging about 10,000 steps. No, sorry, I'm averaging about 12,000 steps. All I'll have to do then to bring my weight down is just ramp it up to 15,000 steps. So I'll do an extra 30-minute walk a day, uh, and that's me. Then I'll get shredded. And it's, it's really as simple as that. Obviously, it's not easy, but um, I've done this enough times now, and it's getting easier every time. And the same goes for anyone else, though, right? Um, it's basic science. Focus on building your metabolism. Focus on weight training and building and developing that metabolism. So when you get to a point where um, you really want to get super lean, you know, you're still going to get, if you're doing it properly and you're eating right, you, you still get leaner and leaner when you're, when you're focusing on building muscle anyway. Um, but if you want to ramp that up and really lose weight and, and uh, see how your body responds, all you've got to do then is, um, is just increase your steps. So if you're listening to this, 10, aim for at least 10,000 steps per day. Um, and if you really want to lose weight, ramp up to 15,000 like I do. Just do that alone without any of the other stuff I've talked about. Don't bother with cardio and, and destroying yourself with cardio. Just walk for an extra 30 to 40 minutes every single day consistently and, and watch what happens, really. And with that, I've got some amazing recipe ebooks, right, which you can download f- totally free absolutely free. Go over to optimizeyourbody.com and download. All you got to do is just enter your email address and you'll get those recipe eBooks. There's three of them. There's a high protein one, a low carb one, and a vegan one. And they, if you, if any of you listen to this track on my fitness pal, there's actually barcodes on each one for you to track exactly the amount, the amount of calories that you're having. So, um, go and download those. They're totally free. And whilst you're there, click on the free, go on the programs and click on free guides. If you haven't got them already, I've got free guides, um, on the website as well. Fat loss guide, a fasting guide and an ab guide and yeah if anyone's interested in uh, in online coaching by the way just send me an email the email is admin at optimizeyourbody.com optimize is spelled o-p-t-i-m-i-s-e not z-e spelled the british way not the american way so admin at optimizeyourbody.com reach out on there and just uh just we'll go from there and i guess that is a wrap that's it one more thing um, please can you return the favor for those free recipes and give me a rating and review on iTunes. Um, it really helps. So if you can go over to iTunes and just give me a rating and review, if you like this episode, as I say, um, just please do that for me because that's going to help the podcast grow and get more exposure. Anyway, enough's enough. Have a great day or evening or whatever you're doing. Bye-bye.